So this morning, uh, we have, uh, it's just going to keep going, like it's going to keep staying good. Uh, my name is Scott. If you're newer to our church, I'm, I'm one of the pastors here on staff, or uh, if you're jumping in online, uh, glad you're here or joining us. Uh, this morning, uh, over the years, we've actually uh, joined with Samaritan's Purse in giving Christmas shoe boxes. And uh, today, we actually have the privilege of hearing the story of the impact of a shoebox. Um, could have been yours. Well, I guess if you gave it a long time ago. So anyway, I am not going to clutter up the, this moment here. Let me pray for Julia. Everybody say hi to Julia. Hi, everyone. So she's from Central Asia, and I'm going to let her tell the story. But let's uh, just join me as I pray for her and for this moment as uh, Christ leads us. Holy Spirit, would you come just like you did in the first service and anoint her? Lord, bring everything to her mind that you want her to share. And Lord, for every person's heart in this room, every, even every child who heard her story here as the music was going on, we just pray that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would be the one leading us and stirring in us the things that you uh, want us not only to hear and see, but to act on. Amen. Dobre utro, fresh water. That was good morning in my native language, Russian. It is such a joy to have the opportunity to worship with you this morning, but also have the privilege of sharing a testimony of God's faithfulness that he has written upon my life through a simple Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift. As a church, you have been sending gospel opportunities in form of these shoebox gifts the last six or seven years. And I can't imagine how many lives of children have been blessed all over the world, not only with colorful toys, school supply, hygiene item filled gifts, but also with the opportunity for those children to hear about the love and hope that we only find in Jesus Christ. So as I share my story, I challenge you to picture or try to picture the faces of those children who are now a part of God's kingdom because of your faithfulness. And my story originates in a country in Central Asia that is close to the gospel. On paper, you have religious freedom, but in reality, it is unlawful to be a follower and witness for Jesus Christ. But we know that John 1, 5 is true. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Following the fall of the Soviet Union, which my country used to be a part of, and that's how I know Russian, there was a deficit and scarcity of anything and everything you can think of, from food to clothes to toys to appliances, household items. And my mom would tell my sister and I that she used to stand in lines for hours to exchange ration coupons for necessities such as flour, sugar, oil. My dad, too, stood in lines, only different kinds. He had to stand in lines to get propane for his car. 
because gas was even more expensive and in more deficit. And if you know anything about propane, you should not be putting it on top of your car. Please do not attempt this at home. <laughs> My dad had no other choice. That's why he installed three tanks of propane on top of his car. And I have a memory of my sister and I playing at a gas station while waiting for my dad to fill up his car. And gas stations in my country are unlike gas stations here. There are no convenience stores attached where you can buy lollipops and snacks and sometimes even toys. There are also no bathrooms attached to those uh, gas stations. In our case, it was gas pumps separated by concrete walls and hot blazing sun baking down on you. And after what it seemed like eternity of playing under the hot blazing sun, I would tap my dad on the shoulder and ask him, is it time to go yet? And I remember him turning around to me and saying, could your sister and you play a little bit longer because I'm still waiting in line. And when it came to toys, my sister and I had some, but the ones we did have were poor quality and some were even scary. To this day, I remember the Sveta doll, not because I loved it, but because I was terrified of it. It had very scary eyes and its limbs were just like sticking out. And if I knew that Sveta doll was in a particular room in the house, I did not go there by myself unless my sister or my mom would accompany me there. And I don't know why my mom one day thought it was a great idea to put my sister and I on a bench and take a picture of us with those scary dolls. And if you look at the picture, my sister is just happy on a bench with her doll that was <clears throat> also scary. And then me, half smiling, tilting away from the scary doll. But even though it was difficult, economic for our country time, we know that God doesn't waste any seasons and he works through all circumstances. So it was during that difficult for my country time that God created a window of opportunity. And that window of opportunity was a short period of time when the government of my country remained restrictive, yet allowed foreigners access in. And at the end of 2001, Samaritan's Purse took opportunity of that window of opportunity and flew in a giant plane that brought thousands of Operation Christmas Child shoebox gifts to children in Central Asia. It was a miracle both on the sending end as well as the receiving end because the airlift took place about two months after 9-11 when the country was still in mourning and still in shock. And that airlift almost did not happen and the airlift actually happened out of JFK, out of the New York airport. But after some prayer and ministry to the JFK Port Authority, they have allowed for the plane to take off from this end. It was also a miracle on the receiving end because the plane was so big, the commercial, um, airport in my country could not receive it because the runway was either too short or too narrow for it. But by the grace of God, Samaritan's Purse received permission to land that giant plane at a military base in my country. And Samaritan's Purse has video footage of military personnel dressed in uniforms, the very ones who were against Christians coming into the country, the very ones unloading the plane with shoebox gifts. The, the light shines in the darkness. And after shoebox gifts cleared customs, they were given to children all over Central Asia. And my sister and I were two out of those thousands of children who got to receive 
two shoebox gifts that came on that plane. I was nine years old at that time, and my shoebox gift came in a plastic purple container that was bright purple. Let me tell you, up until that point, I have never seen a plastic container. And the fact that it was bright purple made it even more exciting. For me, that plastic purple container was a gift in and of itself, and actually to this day I still have it, but I don't travel with it because I'm too nervous that it would break. And my sister's shoebox gift came in a cardboard box wrapped in red Christmas paper with white letters on it that said, ho, ho, ho. Up until that point, my sister and I have never seen Christmas paper. So again, for her and I, the, the boxes themselves were gifts for us. And for a few moments, my sister and I were nervous to open our gifts. Not because we were nervous to find out what was inside, but because those gifts and all the items that came in them were so special, we did not want to mess them up by opening the shoeboxes. But we were kids, and we had to find out what was inside. So as I mastered up the courage and began to lift the lid off top of my shoebox gift, I heard my mom tell my sister, be careful peeling off the tape. We need to reuse the paper next year. <laughs> so as my sister was peeling off the tape, I got to lift the lid off top of my shoebox gift, and this was the very first item. Let's, let's try it again. And this... Ah, yes, was the very first item right at the very top. Imagine my excitement after the scary doll I was used to playing with. This stuffed puppy dog immediately became my new best friend, and I did not want to share it with anybody. But almost immediately, I heard my parents say, now, you know you have to share it with your sister and with your cousins and your friends in the neighborhood, right? It's like, I have to share this treasured item? No. <laughs> but of course I did. This stuffed puppy dog would travel to my cousin's house. Whenever they would come over, we would place him in a bag carefully. They would get to keep it and play with it until next time we saw each other. On the other hand, my friends in the neighborhood, if they wanted their turn playing and petting the stuffed puppy dog, they had to earn the right by climbing up eight flights of stairs because we lived on an eighth floor of a 12-story apartment building and the elevators never worked. But my sister and I were too nervous to take this treasured toy outside for the fear of it getting dirty or getting stolen. So what I want you to know about this stuffed animal this morning is that it is 20 years old because it is the very one that came in my shoebox gift at the end of 2001. And I hope that me still having it today gives you just a glimpse of how something so simple as a staff toy could mean not to one, but to a whole neighborhood of children. There was another item in my shoebox gift that really stood out to me because I didn't know what it was. I'm going to describe it to you, and maybe you guys know what it is. I described it to children's ministry, and we had to have adults help us because it's not a toy you can find so easily anymore. It was a pink screen, it had two white knobs, and it wasn't working. Oh, good. I'm glad I didn't have to give you guys any hints. It was an Etch-a-Sketch. When I pulled it out of my shoebox gift, I had no idea what it was 
or how to use it. My sister and I kept pushing down the knobs and of course nothing was happening, but it was so pretty and it came in my shoebox gift, so we thought maybe it might need, needs to be displayed. So we displayed it on our shelf, thinking it was a pretty item that came from, from America. And for quite some time, you know, we would pass by and we we're like, oh, that's so nice, so pretty. <laughs> Until one day, my sister was doing chores and dusting the items on the shelf, including the edges sketch, and she accidentally twisted instead of pushed down the knobs. Imagine the excitement when she saw the lines on the screen go up and down. That's how we discovered what an awesome toy Etch-a-Sketch is. And of course, after that, it did not go back on the shelf. My sister and I took turns bringing it with us to school so that our friends could also be introduced to such a fun toy. So because we played so much with it, this is not, we ended up breaking it. So this is not the original Etch-a-Sketch, but an exact replica thanks to eBay. <laughs> However, as much as I love the stuffed puppy dog, the Etch-a-Sketch, and honestly, every single item that came in my shoebox gift, the item that impacted me the most was a piece of blue notebook paper, a letter from Katie, a teenage girl from North Carolina who packed my shoebox gift. The reason I say it was the most important item because of the words Katie ended the note with. I'm praying for you, God loves you. And I remember being a nine-year-old Julia, translating those words and not being able to comprehend why would a stranger from halfway across the world who doesn't know me, who has never met me, first of all, would be sending me a gift filled with brand new quality items, some of them which I've never seen. But not only that, she was also telling me that she's praying for me to this God who loves and cares for me. And even though I did not fully understand the meaning of those words, I couldn't help but tuck them away in my heart and wonder who is this God that Katie is praying to and why is Katie praying on behalf of the stranger she has never met. Thankfully, at the end of the letter, Katie included a return address and that led to Katie and I to become pen pal friends. And for the next number of years, we've exchanged snail mail. At that time, I did not have computer or email address, so our only other option was snail mail. But today, I'm so grateful that that's how we corresponded because I get to treasure all of these letters. And at the time of receiving those letters, I remember I would get so excited to receive a letter and tell all of my friends about this pen pal friend that I had all the way in the United States. But today, when I look back, I realize that the most important part wasn't the fact that Katie was from the United States, but that she was faithful to conclude all of these letters with those same words, I am praying for you. And for years, I continued to wonder, why is Katie praying on my behalf? And most importantly, who is this God that Katie is praying to? Fast forward a few years, in 2008, I had the opportunity to come to the United States as a foreign exchange student, and I found myself living with a loving Christian host family and attending a Christian school. And that is when the Lord began to further soften my heart and provide the answers that I have been building up in my heart throughout the childhood every time I got, I got a letter from Katie. And the, the Lord began to soften my heart and 
bring to the surface the seeds that were planted in it through the Shuvag's gift, through Katie's letters and prayers. And on October 25th, 2008, I opened the door of my heart and invited Jesus Christ in. Yes, you can clap and say, praise God. <laughs> After I received Christ into my heart, my life, of course, was never the same. I wanted to serve Him. I wanted to give my life to Him. And that is when the Lord allowed me the opportunity to reconnect with Operation Christmas Child by allowing me to go to an Operation Christmas Child processing center and process shoeboxes. Let me ask you, has anybody in the audience been to a processing center before? A few of you. If you've never been, imagine the biggest store you have ever been to, like a warehouse space, but instead of goods you would normally buy there, imagine shoeboxes stacked from floor to ceiling. And as I walked into this processing center, a thought crossed my mind. I thought my sister and I were the only two people who received shoeboxes. I had no idea the scope of this ministry and the reach of this ministry that these shoebox gifts were going to thousands and now to millions of children all over the world in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what impressed me the most about that experience were all the volunteers who were processing shoeboxes for children whom they most likely will never have the opportunity of meeting. And I remember before I knew there were volunteers, I asked my friend who brought me, how much do they get paid for? To, uh, how much do they get paid to do this? And she looked at me like I came from a different planet and said, they're all volunteers. A lot of them take time off work or use their vacation to come and do this. And I could not comprehend why would so many people pack shoebox gifts, pray for children, and process shoebox gifts for children that most likely they will never have the opportunity of meeting. And that was the most important part, for impactful part for me, and that's when I realized I really want to be involved with Operation Christmas Child. And when I did, I honestly thought, my shoebox puzzle is complete. I received a shoebox gift, I accepted Christ into my heart, I was now packing shoeboxes myself, the puzzle is complete, right? Now, <laughs> when God is involved, it only gets better after that. Just when I thought that my shoebox puzzle was complete, the Lord surprised me with a really giant piece. When in 2015, I had the opportunity of meeting Katie and her parents, the family that sent me my shoebox gift. At that time, I was living in North Carolina, and that's where family lives to this day. And I remember arriving at their home and being greeted by the mom who had tears streaming from her face. And she said, Yulia, there is one more piece surrounding your shoebox that we need to share with you. And when I heard that comment, I dismissed it right away, thinking, surely by now I have all the pieces to the shoebox puzzle. But boy, I was wrong. They said that prior to my shoebox gift, they only packed several other ones, but they remembered packing that plastic purple shoebox gift because Katie was old enough to pick out all the items, and she said that she has strategically placed that puppy dog at the very top because she wanted for the little girl who would be receiving it to get surprised with joy when she lifted the lid. And of course, it worked really well. <laughs> but when they finished packing the shoebox gift and placed the lid on top, 
began to pray for the child who would receive it, they felt burdened specifically to pray that their shoebox gift would go to a country that is close to the gospel, would go to a child who did not know the Lord. And their prayers went forward with their shoebox gift as God orchestrated for it to go on that cargo plane headed from my country, specifically during that window of opportunity. Not only that, God has also orchestrated for their gift to be placed in the hands of a nine-year-old Julia who did not know the Lord and in whose family grandfather was a devout Muslim. And when I heard the very specific prayer that the family prayed and the very intimate way that the Lord has answered it, I knew that God has handpicked me for that purple shoebox gift. And he has used it as one of the seeds to place in my heart for me to years later come into a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And since then, never again did I doubt it that God knows where every single one of the shoebox gifts that you pack, that I pack go, as well as the prayers that they answer on both sides of the shoebox gifts. So for now, this is where my story ends. And I say that carefully because every time I do, the Lord is like, here's another piece to your story. And the most recent piece that he has allowed me to experience was uh, two years ago when I got to go to Katie's wedding. And today she has a beautiful uh, son now, I think one years old. So for now, this is where my story ends. But did you know that the journey of the shoebox gift actually continues on? Did you, how many of you have heard of the greatest journey before? Well, I'm glad I'm talking about that. So the journey of the shoebox gift, of course, starts with a shoebox gift. And fueled by your prayers, these gifts become gospel opportunities in the hands of local ministry partners on the ground who are dedicated to sharing the gospel with children in their communities in a child and in child-friendly and culturally sensitive way. And then children who receive shoeboxes are invited to come back to a 12-lesson discipleship program called The Greatest Journey. Think about it almost as a vacation Bible school, but it may take place at any point during the year. And what it is, it's a 12-lesson program during which children learn more about Jesus Christ, they're taught how to have a personal relationship with him, and then they're equipped to share their faith with their friends and family. And each teacher gets a teacher's guide, and every child gets to have their own notebook. And inside the notebook, I love that they have a memory verse for every one of the lessons with a picture on the back to help them to visualize it. And upon completion from the program, they receive a graduation certificate with their name on it. I know it might, to us it might be a piece of paper, but to children who might not have a pencil to their name, imagine what accomplishment this certificate testifies to them. But most importantly, upon graduation from the program, they receive a living word of God in their native language. So they may continue to grow in their faith and they may continue to tell their friends and family about the love and hope of Jesus Christ. And you know what all of that results into? Multiplication. We hear whole, test, whole families being saved, whole communities being impacted, and even churches being started. But guess what? It all starts with you guys. 
Somebody had to pack a shoebox gift. Somebody had to pray for a child that most likely you will never have the opportunity of meeting. And then God takes that and continues to write the stories of impact, the stories of faithfulness. And mine is only a testament, one out of 188 million. So this year, my understanding, your goal is 500 gospel opportunities. And what I want to close with is to take this opportunity and pray over all of you in my native language, Russian, and ask him to continue to bless you and to use you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your community as well as community around the world. So can we bow together? Дорогой Господь, я благодарю тебя за это утро и за возможность восхвалять Твое имя и поделиться Твоим свидетельством. Я прошу, чтобы Ты продолжал благословлять эту, эту церковь, продолжал использовать их, Твое имя, Твою славу. Во имя Иисуса Христа я молю Тебя. Аминь. Аминь.